The world is a vampire Sent to train Secret destroyers Hold you up to the flames And what do I get For my pain Betray desires And a piece of a game Yeah Even though I know I suppose I'll show All my cool and cold Like poacher Despite all my rage I'm still just a rat in a cage Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage And someone will say what is lost can never be saved Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage Yeah Well, well, well Today is the 23rd of August Crazy Crazy month, huh? And like I said, it was going to be hot and it was not going to be good. Uh, it was going to be <laughs> reaping what we sow and uh, removing all that dirt around the roots of those weeds so that we can harvest the good. And that is happening. You just don't see it. And, and I'll tell you why. We'll get into it in more detail, actually, today, a little bit more. Sitting in retrospect today, I I was praying because, you know, I really try to catch up with my mail. I, I responded to a letter, right, from, I think it's February. And then I responded to one from, you know, just about a couple weeks ago. I'm really trying to keep up. But as I was reading it, and I was reading one listener's words, I thought to myself, oh, man. Why is it that many people don't see it? And, 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 and I'll put it in this way. When I was a kid, and obviously when all of us were children, we would hear stories about um, big heroes like Rosa Parks. Right? Rosa Parks, big hero. Why was she a big hero? Because she just went on on her average day and got on the bus like she normally did every day and said, today I'm going to get uncomfortable. I'm going to get uncomfortable and I don't care if they persecute me. I do not care. I will stand up for what I think is correct. Now, the person's letter was so identifiable on so many levels. But one thing she said struck me and, and I had to think for a second because I read everybody's letter, every single one. And, you know, today it just happened that I was like, I've got a pack of 10 cards that I want to send out. And I'm going to read 10 of them. I have to do it because I've fallen behind. And all, every single one randomly chosen, randomly was telling me the same thing. Persecution. What does that mean when you're persecuted? Right? You know, it, let me look that up for a second. 
Let me see. Persecution. Let's see what the dictionary says. Persecution means. Hostility and ill treatment, especially on the basis of ethnicity, religion, or sexual orientation. Shut up. Stop. They changed the definition of persecution too? Stop it. Stop it. Synonyms. Oppression. Victimization. Maltreatment. Ill treatment. Mistreatment. Abuse. Ill, Ill usage. Discrimination. Tyranny. Punishment. Torment. Torture. Harassment. Hounding. Harrying. Badgering, teasing, bullying, gang stalking, molestation. <laughs> I was like, dang, that was it. Because, you know, I, it, myself, I sit down sometimes and I wonder, and, and I've joked about this over the years. You know, we get a cross that we're supposed to bear, right? We get a cross that we're supposed to bear. And for some reason, uh, I think... You know, I say it all the time. God must think I'm Atlas, like seriously. And and then this is in my eyes. There's probably someone else going through worse somewhere else, right? And what you're going through doesn't minimize anything, right? In your sphere, in your sphere, in your close personal space, the cross that you bury, Right? is the one that you've carried. And so I thought about it. And for the past, oh, shoot. The day I put my foot down, well, I had been putting my toes down, you know, kind of dabbling, like, yeah, I'm going to tell them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to help people. And every time I would dabble my toe in the good lake, right, shit would come across my face like nobody's business. Yeah, yeah, yeah not the time now. Guess I'm going to, Move it along. It's like tasting coffee and you're like, yeah, I'm going to blow on it for a bit before I touch it. And since 2014, wow, that's like seven years. Seven years. I have been completely screwed because I went in head first. It's like, I was like, you know what? Ding. It's over. It's game on. Watch me in the shadows. And you know who's shadow? I'm in the shade of God. So protected. So in there. Persecution. Persecution from evil. Persecution for anything and everything. And you're just like, wait a minute. I'm helping. Why are you persecuting me? Wait a minute. I'm trying to help you. Why are you persecuting me? Wait a minute, I'm trying to save all these kids that you're taking from the Native American reservations. Why are you hurting me? Wait a minute, I'm trying to show you that they just committed fraud and you and your kids and your children's kids will be paying $180 million with interest because they said so. I'm trying to help you. Why am I getting smacked? Uh, I'm telling you that person's a loser because they are. And I'm just trying to help you. I'm not, I don't hate the person. I pray for them. I like them, right? Still a loser because they're lying, right? It's a lie. And I can smack down a lie with truth, but I'm being persecuted. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I'm very, I'm like a well-seasoned pan, 
right? You know, those cast iron pans that you could throw anything on it and it'll fucking grill it to perfection. Cause it's like, yeah, I don't give a shit anymore. I've been seasoned so well, come at me. Right. And I realize why through persecution is where you see the miracles happen. And while many of us have been persecuted in our life, I can tell you, no one would have ever wanted to live the nightmare I had in that city of Sons of Sam, okay? You have no idea when I tell you North Dakota is red because it's Chinese, there is so much corruption and evil. I mean, on Netflix, investigators went there. You can see it. And they said, the minute we stepped off the plane, it was so creepy. Everybody was watching us. I got the emails to prove that shit too. So not theirs, mine. So all of us has been seasoned like a cast iron pan. I don't think a lot of people realize the coming coming persecution. I think everyone's understanding it and kind of getting it. And was pretty much balls to the wall, you know, in 2018 and 2019. But what they didn't realize is every time good steps up, evil expends their ammunition double time to just screw you. And demoralize you in ways that you cannot even fathom. Ways of saying, look, you won. And then it's like, oops, psych, taking that back. You totally lose. But in the time of greatest despair is when things happen. When you're hopeless. When you feel like there's no way out. When you're just like, oh my God, the boot is on my face. What do I do? When you feel like there's no door, right? You can't see anything happening that's going to benefit you. Like, how's this? Your vision is so skewed. You can't even see in front of your face because that's how dark it is. Okay. You see nothing. You're just like, there's no hope. I'm done. I'm toast. And that is how light is shown in a dark situation in the middle of chaos. When you're on the floor begging and I, and I plead to you guys so many times, I swear to you, I have been there. I have, you have no idea. I have been there. It's at the point that I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to take my life. I'm just going to, whatever. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and everything's going to be perfect because I can't fix this, but you can. I'm not saying (laughs) that (laughs) like he did it. Today is Monday, August 23rd. I, I wouldn't believe you. Only because I had completely lost my faith in 2019, gained it in 2020, but I always had that little, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just going to keep going blindly and it's going to work out. I kept saying, I'm going to keep going blindly. And the more it's going to work out, the more things were happening. And it was at that point in November when I had literally (laughs) like, like full transparency After my bills were paid, I had just enough to book my hotel and my flights to go to D.C. to provide information. And I went there and I was like, I really don't give a shit. I'm going to, you know, boom, you know, give it because I have to. I'm going to put it all out there. And it was the most dangerous place to be at that time for me. Dangerous. When I say dangerous, I mean... It was dangerous for me to be there. I, I, people don't understand that. I mean, I know the people that were around me were like, you know, how do you know this person and that person? How do they know you? And it's like, this is not a good place for me to be. 
uh, my room was ransacked. My kid walked in on the perpetrator. My, uh, my, my items were hijacked. And all the while I did that all by myself. And, you know, obviously I'd have my other family member, like mom, like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to have to pay for these cats somehow. Um, I have to. And she's like, you know, you should just focus, put your head down. I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're doing. And I did. And then I got frustrated because while I was there and to put everything on the line, I got smacked in the face. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I knew this was happening. Like I, I knew it. I knew I, I had the plans. Look, I had the books, the papers. I showed it to everyone months before the election, told them months before the election, gave them the evidence. And here we are. And I was like, okay, so I'm doing good, but God is obviously got a plan. He had a plan to put Biden in like my friend had. He had a plan for everything. And so today when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, it's persecution. You know, this bitterness that we see everywhere. I mean, everywhere. So much bitterness. So much detest for people that stand up for themselves in truth. As you know, my child's school over the weekend decided that they're going to reinstate mask mandates at our high school. Why? Because apparently they had sent the survey to the parents over the summer, asked them, hey, so like, if you're going to send your kids to school, are you going to be wearing the masks or no masks? And parents were like, yeah, we're probably going to send them with masks. I mean, every parent would have said it to be like, yeah, we'll comply. So they were like, since all of you were like, yeah, we might send them with masks. Why not? And they didn't. They were like, oh, so you didn't wear a mask? Well, hmm, hmm, there you go. Now it's the law. And that's where I was like, well, wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, I do not consent. So I popped off a letter really, really quickly on Saturday, sent it to the school board and the assistant principal and the principal, right, just emailed it off. And this morning, the first thing I did was go before school, right? So before school, so I don't embarrass my kid, right? Right before it starts, I went in with John and, you know, we, <clears throat> we went in and I handed over the documents to the principal. And the first thing he said, and he put his hands up, right? Which was, wow. He was like, look, I'm just trying to run a school. It's not my fault. Uh, you know, I don't do this. The school board does. And I was like, well, I don't care who's doing it. Here's this. My kid's not wearing a mask today. And make sure none of her teachers give her any medical advice or try to prescribe her any medical device without my say. And nobody and any school board can decide over the weekend when they feel like it. Because, you know, parents weren't obedient enough that you're going to mask any kid. That's not happening. And if this isn't rescinded, we're going to have a big problem. So apparently now we're having a nice, you know, uh, board meeting the day after tomorrow. Uh, of course, I will be there armed with facts. My child, on the other hand, was at school. She was approached a couple times and asked to wear a mask. And she said, I kindly declined. Why? Because I am asserting my rights. And so um, what was good is, what, what came out that was good, is that there were other children that were like, wait a minute, what, what do you mean asserting my rights? 
yeah, I'm asserting my rights. They can't they have no authority to tell me to put it on. And so other kids did the same. At first they laughed when she said it. And then they all started to take off their masks. 2022, I'm just putting it out. Well, actually it's going to be November and December when we see the beginnings. You're going to see this is the year of the youth in 2022. The year of the youth. This is it. Because it's not the old fogies. And it's not, you know, us, the parents and the grandparents. They're going to, it's the kids. It's the kids. And that's it. They will persecute us. But dang, have them try to persecute kids. That's something no one will put up for. So I think it's quite vital, the, the meetings that we're having, like I told you, take over your councils, take over your school boards, because the children are the rebels. They're young. They may have been primed and groomed and fed with a lot of shit, right? Which is woke stuff, which is shit, right? But they don't have to be rude. They just have to inspire others to do the same. And it's important. Kids are always, come on, guys. How many of us were defined as kids? You can't do that. Yeah, sure. Watch me. Uh, hey, I suggest you don't jump off that 40-foot cliff because if you do fall the wrong way and get a wedgie, that could lead you to the hospital. Guess what my answer to that was? Yeah, fuck it. And I jumped. So kids are rebellious. And sometimes, unfortunately, the parents post-Gen X, and then, no no offense to those that are the booming area, too, and some Gen Xers, they have completely lost their mind, too. So again, if the children inspire each other and say, well, wait a minute, if only the old people are dying, why the fuck should we do it? Pretty simple. Wait, if all the old people are dying, and if they get the vaccine, they're protected, but they want us to get the vaccine, even though they could still get it with the vaccine, that makes no sense. Yeah, sorry, pops, you're on your own. You know, you can't guilt kids with bullshit. How many times did your mom and dad try to guilt trip you? And you were like, yep. You looked at them dead in the face and said, I'm not going to do it. And then what did you do the minute they looked the other way? You fucking did it, okay? My mom would tell me, you know, whenever she'd send me off to my grandparents, my, my mom would tell me, I don't want you riding motorcycles. Don't hang out with the kids that smoke weed. Make sure you look after and do what your grandma says and always make sure to wear your suntan lotion. I rode my own motorcycle, stole my cousin's motorcycle, stole my grandpa's motorcycles. I went on mountains and cliffs with no bars and drove around that. I even drove from Corinth, because I'm a Corinthian, all the way to Athens with the 50cc Piaggio. Yes, 50ccs. And that's a big distance, okay? Because I wanted to see my friend, right? Right. So just imagine the mosquitoes, the heat, and the distance on a 50cc. Yeah, I totally did that. And we didn't have cell phones then. So if I got stuck, right, somewhere, fell down, ran out of gas, maybe it lit on fire, maybe it just decided to break down. I was screwed. <laughs> like, I'd have to walk back. I'd have to figure something out. I'd probably have to eat the weeds on the side of the road, 
right? In the middle of nowhere. So this is what kids were always about, being defiant. And I think defiance isn't to be naughty, okay? Don't take my example of doing something extremely dangerous, right? Extremely dangerous to um, to what I'm trying to say. Defiance is not a bad thing. I don't know why it is a bad thing now. Let's see what they say, the definitions of defiances. Because, you know, to see how they skew definitions, you got to go to synonyms because then they can't fuck up the synonyms, right? Because there's too many of those. <laughs> so we go to defiant. Defiant. Aggressive, audacious, bold, challenging, daring, gutsy, insolent, insubmissive, insubordinate, mutinous, obstinate, provocative, rebellious, resistant, resistive, sassy, reckless, and truculent. Hmm. Not all of those words are bad, are they? Bold is great. Gutsy is great. Daring is great. Challenging, yes, it's great. Rebellious. <laughs> That's in the American history books, right? That is it. Their defiance is natural at this age. They're not like tame little horses, you know, that you can slap a saddle on and say, look, giddy up, let's go. Right. And I think that's, that's, that's exactly what it is. We're up for some big ass persecution and it's the youth that's going to save us. It's the youth that are going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. When these losers in the Zoom calls were talking about freedom, they weren't talking about taking people and killing them or taking my mom who might be like a Trumper and like, you know, killing her and liquefying her because she didn't pay attention, right? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean we have to kill them? Wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean you're separating me from my mom? I may not like her or my dad or anything, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you see what I'm trying to tell you? It's the youth that's going to help us. So I've played this um, this priest's video whew, maybe a couple of years ago, a video. This is his new one. I want you guys to hear it. Many Christians in formerly quite civilized places are now finding their Christian faith under attack. And they're becoming concerned about what the future holds for them. Places like California and Canada and even Australia. There are people all around the world experiencing genuine persecution and suffering. We read of Christians today who are being beheaded in Afghanistan, who are having properties taken from them in Pakistan, who are imprisoned in China and North Korea, who are refuse permission to worship in many Muslim countries. And here in the West, there is a shift. We recognize a shift in the culture around us that is becoming more antagonistic to the Christian faith and tr traditional Christian values. There are many people who are saying they are being threatened with a, a loss of their work, their jobs, because they hold on to Christian truths and they are unable to express their Christian beliefs. This is nothing new. Christian martyrdom began, of course, with with St. Stephen. St. Stephen, the first deacon and the first Christian martyr who, who began the history of Christian martyrdom that has extended through the centuries. We're told that when St. Stephen was facing this council of accusers, 
he looked up to heaven and he saw the glory of God. He saw Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father. So filled was he with the Holy Spirit. He saw the kingdom of God there. And his accusers looked at him and they beheld his face as that of an angel. Jesus tells us that blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Such was the purity of St. Stephen. And seeing his face, seeing his purity, his accusers were still able to condemn him, to have him dragged away and murdered. The spirit of the age that we now live in is that spirit of rejection of Christ. And a heart that has rejected Christ moves further and further away from the truth, further and further away from beauty and goodness, becomes unable to see truth and feel compassion, feel love and forgiveness. St. Stephen's martyrdom was a victory, a victory of God's grace over the conflict and the violence of this world, over everything that this world, the power of this world. Every martyr is a demonstration of hope and faith and trust in God's victory. And we are called to put our trust in God's grace and his victory over everything in this world. St. Stephen is really a model, a model for every one of us. And we must, we must put all our conflicts and our struggles into context. There are people losing their lives, as they have always done. And for many of us, it hasn't yet reached this point. That point may not be far away. But for now, we are faced with everyday conflicts, difficulties, struggles, accusations. St. Stephen is our model because... He shows us how to face these kinds of conflicts, these kinds of persecutions. We are to look to Christ. We are to look to the glory of God, set our vision, even in the face of accusation and persecution. Set our vision on God and hold it there. Let our accusers see compassion and mercy even, dare we say, the angel, the face of an angel in us. Let St. Stephen be our model. In this time, many people are becoming so concerned, so anxious, uncertain about world events, what this future holds for us now and our children and our families. So we must prepare. We must prepare ourselves for whatever is to come, even if it be martyrdom, and this kind of persecution. But how do we do this? How do we prepare ourselves? Well, first we must recognize that we are a weak generation. We do not live up to the, the great heroes and saints of the past. Such is the, the deception of our times. Our culture, even our humanity, is becoming deformed. So deformed, it's difficult for us to recognize just how far we fall short of the lives of Christians of the past. So let us not try to do extraordinary ascetical things. Let us try to live out the simplicity of the Christian faith. This is our calling in this generation, and it will be enough. It will be enough if we can live truly just Christian lives, 
for this will be hard enough for us in this day. Let us try to repent of our sins. Let us try to pray, to go to church, to receive Holy Communion, to confess. Let us try to forgive one another, to have love in our hearts. And when we see anger and hatred and all those passions, let us turn to God. Let us truly repent and root out these sins. This is our calling, to live out the simplicity of the gospel. In this age, it's so easy for us to, to be deceived, to fall into deception. This is an age of deception. There's so many lies, so much confusion, so much that is so far from the truth of God. Let us always remember the things of this world are momentary. Our lives are like a blink of an eye. The struggles, the pains, the difficulties that this world throws us, the things that God permits us to endure, are so short-lived. Like St. Stephen, let us set our vision on the things that are eternal, the kingdom of God, the glory of God. And if we can find the strength to live a simple Christian life, to live out the life of the gospel, we will find in the Holy Spirit, hope, hope that will bring us peace. And this peace of Christ is something we must protect, hold on to as a precious thing, nurture it with this simple Christian life. We are living in a world where rapidly, in an accelerating way, the things that we believe will not only be alien, there will be hostility open hostility to the Christian faith. We're seeing it already. The things in Californian schools, the things that the government and local government are imposing on churches in California and, and Canada. These things are happening now. But do not be afraid. Let us not lose our peace. Let us not be afraid. Christ is with us. Christ is the victor in all things. He has overcome death. He has overcome the devil. He is risen. Our humanity is risen with him and we will rise again. Judgment is coming. Let us prepare for that judgment. Let us fear the judgment of God, not the things, the temporal, momentary things of this world. And in this way, like St. Stephen, whatever our accusers say, whatever persecution may arise, we may truly find that peace by setting our vision on the kingdom of God. For those that are listening on podcast, it says, do not choose negative methods to correct yourselves. There is no need to fear the devil, hell, or anything else. These Things provoke a negative reaction. The object is to live, to study, to pray, and to advance in love. So his message is pretty clear. Father Spiridon is an incredible man. Uh, in his words, he's quite peaceful. And um, I, I find that his words fall on many ears that are deaf into what he is saying. You should not have fear. You should live in your faith. You should live with love and compassion because the more they come and attack you, 
the more they crumble. This is how it is. Very simple and pedestrian example. Uh, the other day, I caught Kate saying that in my affidavit, I had made a bunch of claims. So I posted his statement, posted my affidavit and said, hey, loser, where did I make those claims again? Because that's what you said. See, when you have truth on your side, no matter what evil is spilled against you, <laughs> it cannot win. Do you guys remember the book of Job? I, I, and I read a similar one. Oh, I don't remember. If I have any Jewish listeners right now, it's in the Torah. I'm trying to remember. But it was like talking about Samson and how he fell in love with a chick that he's not supposed to. And they were like, what are you doing? Like, this is totally not the, the thing you need to do. Like, this is such an embarrassment. Like, stop. Okay, stop. And every time that he, he just fell in love, he was like, I'm done. Like, I don't care. If she's, you know, like a Romeo and Juliet thing, I really don't care. I want her. And it's like, no, they're evil. Nee, nee, nee. And um, right now we're all living the life of Samson. We wanted that ease, that comfort with no work, that instantaneous everything's happening. I don't know. I think it was a great thing that it happened this way, no matter how frustrated I was. I was like, are you kidding are you kidding? Am I being punked right now? Like I'm doing everything right and everything is going wrong. What is going on? And it's always about time. Because even for Samson, it was about time when that little young lion came from behind and just bolstered him to those pillars to hold. Even though he was smacked down constantly, constantly, constantly. He still died, right? But in the end, that was the purpose. And again, it made me kind of think. You know, that friend of mine was like, well, if you believe in God, don't you believe he put Biden in there for a reason? Yes. And it's like, ding, ding, ding. How many times do you showcase the people you want to showcase by putting them in the spotlight? Didn't President Trump do that with Fauci? And now we have Biden in the spotlight. He's been like the like tourist president. He's like not there. He's like the president that's not there. Like he will be known as the president that wasn't president. Okay. Because we know he wasn't elected president. He was selected president. But think of it. He's in the spotlight. Kamala is in the spotlight. Go to the border. Yep. I'm going to fly right over that bitch and go somewhere else. Do you see what I'm trying to tell you? And all of this is happening. And at the same time, we see all the media, vicious lies, 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 lies. You're like, stop. What are you doing? These are all lies, 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 and lies. But God always makes a way. Just when you think that nothing will come to it. Food shortages, manufacturing shortages. We don't have any wood. We can't deliver shit. Uh, you know what? I uh, My daughter is moving to Ohio. She doesn't have a, a dining table. So while we were in between errands waiting for something to, to, to be completed, some docks and stuff, I was like, let me go into like the furniture store. Guys, I walked into Ashley Furniture and I was like, oh, this is a good price. And I was like, all right, so what's the estimated delivery? They're like, ah, oh, 18, 20 weeks. I'm like, the fuck? What? <laughs> I'm going to pay you now to get that shit in six months. Yeah, bye. But the person with me was like, ask the question. 
ask the question. We have shortages. We don't have anything. There's no wood. There's no parts. There's no transport. And then I'm thinking, well, hold on a second. How are the railroads hiring like fucking crazy? But we don't have stuff. And then there's no, no, uh, medications, vaccines are on shortage. And I'm like, wait, a minute. That, that makes no sense. And then like PlayStation 5, like when has PlayStation ever released something and not had it for you? Like I'm still waiting to get one since last year, okay? And I stalked that shit. I can't get one. Like why? Why can't I get one? Why can't I get a video game console. Why can't I get the new Xbox? Not the, the one that keeps it in the cloud. The one that has my shit right there. So I can ask her why. Where, where is everything? Why are there so many shortages? What's going on? Why is there water shortage? Why is there food shortage? What's going on? Why are they hiring so many people on the trains? And on, on trucks? Uh, the other. The, the, on Sunday night. We had gone out to dinner. And there was a table flanking us or people talking, you know, there were like three couples. I think one was a new couple and the other was an older couple. And these people were all like 50 to 70, right? Hanging out at the table. Maybe I'm overstating the 70 because the chicks had like way too much makeup, made them way older than they were. But anyway, so they were all having dinner and they were talking about how they're, you know, they've got need to hire CDL drivers. I'm like, what is going on? How are we having shortages when they're hiring so many people? What's being transported but it's obviously not food, water, and wood, and furniture, and whatever else we need. That's a question. You know, why are there so many shortages? Why are farmers destroying their food crops when everything is is gone? Like, w w what's happening? Why is our gas still going up higher? Why is this happening? If there's so much shortage, what is happening? It isn't making sense. And it is the land of confusion, as I've been saying for a, a very, very long time. Land of confusion. Another thing is all these Ming Yang, you know, containers, right, across the planet are being recalled by China. They want their containers back empty. Don't give a shit. Give them. Because usually it would be like, you know, like a, like a postal service box, right? I know if you guys have ever gotten a lot of mail, but sometimes you'll just take that white bin with you, right? And it'll be from, I don't know, a post office in one city, and then you could just drop it off to the other one. No big deal. It's still, you know, usable. And it might say, I don't know, it might say Indiana, but you drop it off in Cleveland, they'll still use it, right? It's no big deal. This is how containers are too. They, they, they reuse them. They don't care whose they are. So again, what is going on? Something's going on. And that something is God doing something that will change things. This is how miracles happen. But in order to do that, you have to be fearless. You have to be the person that says, all right, guys, okay, let's pretend, you know, we're, we're a team and we're going to play soccer against the other team. And you're like, all right, Tori, come on, coach, put us in. Let's rip them. What do we expect? I expect all of you to have bloody faces because these people are using metal spikes that, you know, penetrate and hook on to skin if they kick you. I foresee that half of you are going to go down with ACL injuries. It's going to be a bloodbath. And you're going to look at me and be like, yeah, okay, so um, I don't want to go in. It's telling you the truth. When I told you that this is going to get bad, it's going to get really, 
really, really bad. And we're seeing it. But what I'm extremely proud of is that since you, many people could see it, many of my listeners could see it, they're taking action. Because if you know you're going to fall down, you're going to fall, right? You have choices. I'm going to fall down and not put my hands in front, so I'm going to knock my teeth out and probably give myself a concussion. I'm going to fall down and put my hands down. They'll be scraped. I'll probably have a bruise on my forehead, but I'll break the fall just a little bit. When you know you're going to fall down, you could drop a pillow, right? There you go. And you're like, yeah, just made that fall, my bitch. This is mitigation. And the mitigation is doing things together as one, backing up each other. So, for example, Wednesday is Mayfield School Board. The next day, it's Cleveland Metro. The next day is in Lorain County, Lakewood Schools. Anyone within the area should just go. You don't have to talk, but be there. Be a body to show them, you see my face? Yeah, they don't know if your kid goes to school. You're there. You're turning up, and you're like, no, you're not going to get away with this. No, you're not going to get away with this. No, just turn up to the meetings. I'm not, I'm not, and I repeat this, I do not want people to be targets. Any rallies that are happening and marches, you're going to be infiltrated. They've already got that down. I hear that tonight they're supposed to be targeting Ron Klain um, in D.C. I haven't heard anything about that since their APB. You know, maybe we mitigated that. But the left is now moving in on their own. They're eating each other. You're going to see it. November, December, you're going to be seeing so much battle between them, it's going to be insane. And you're seeing it already now. They're trying. They're really trying to mitigate that, and they can't. And that's because they can't stop what's coming. They know what is coming. And you know what? All of us that have been in this trench for over a year together, mobilizing, talking, having conversations, pushing the buck, trying to get truth out, push, 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 right? We got pillows, right? Other people are going to knock their teeth out. We got pillows. And you know what? They're really not going to knock their teeth out because everybody else is going to jump into um, the pillow you got. That's basically it. Nothing can stop what's coming. Uh, I see that there's a shout out for Leslie who went and spoke up. Uh, I Did I miss that? I, damn it. The chat goes by so fast because I see all these channels. Uh, who went and spoke up and she gave a speech. Shout out to Leslie for speaking out in town council tonight. She was great. Great job. And this is why I keep sharing your pictures where you're together. You need to be together. You need to be together. Because here's this. They will laugh at every single failure you have. They will laugh at every assumed failure you have. Here's CNN. Take a listen to what they had to say. This is fear. TV pitchman turned election conspiracy theorist Mike Lindell had sworn he had proof of a stolen election involved the Chinese and hackers. He was going to present it to true believers. On Wednesday, a judge ruled three defamation lawsuits against him and others worth billions potentially could move forward. In other words, a good day to show this proof to the world. Instead, no surprise, it all came apart in front of a live audience. Donnie O'Sullivan was there. We got attacked by China and they flipped this election and down tickets to the tune of tens of millions. This is crazy. And all you have to do is come to the symposium. 
For weeks, MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell has been touting his so-called cyber symposium in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, claiming he would present data that would prove to the world China hacked the 2020 election and stole it from Donald Trump. If you're correct, if you have that evidence. No, just forget about the evidence. If I'm right that China took our country right now, do you care? Would that bother you? You would that bother proof. you? But well, you have to show the proof for it. No, right? would, well, would, would that bother you? Of course it would. Okay, then why do you think I keep going? Do you think I like getting attacked? Lindell invited the media and cyber experts to the symposium to vet his claims. We went along and brought Harry Hursty, a world-renowned cyber and voting machines expert. If you see something in there, if you see some data that does seem legit, that does show that there was some sort of fraud... You're ready to investigate it, right? Absolutely. I I will follow the evidence wherever the evidence will go. This was attacked. The whole technology was attacked. So the conference was supposed to begin about an hour ago, uh, but Lindell is having some problems with streaming live the event on his website. He's claiming without any evidence that it's because of an attack, that his systems have been attacked. There's hacks and cyber attacks every day, as you can see. And it went downhill from there. Lindell ultimately didn't produce the data to prove his claim the election was stolen by China. I think the guy makes a wonderful pillow, but uh, I wish some of this information would have been organized a little better. Were you given any data at all from the 2020 election, anything useful, anything that would show any sort of fraud. We were not given any kind of raw data which we would even be able to us to start to look at that. But if, if your stuff is legit, if the data is legit, wouldn't it be better for you to hand it over to as many cyber experts as possible? You know why? I'll give you the answer. Because I've been told that they can go out there and corrupt it and make fake stuff and put fake news out. So I don't need your people to go out and doctor the evidence and put out on Mike Lindell's a conspiracy. But you have been saying for months, media, experts, everybody come, see the data. We're showing it right on screen right now. So you can't sit here and do a hit piece when it's on screen right now. To your knowledge, was anything on those screens proof of, of Lindell's claims that the election had been stolen? Based on everything we found, uh, that is meaningless. There was nothing there you can compare to draw any conclusions. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not a computer guy. I don't know what most of this stuff means, but I've been researching this election since November 3rd. But the CNNs of the world, you guys need to start reporting this and stop fact-checking it. And in case you needed more proof, this is a sham. Ron Watkins spoke remotely at the conference for hours. So what I said was... He was allegedly behind the QAnon movement, according to a HBO documentary, an allegation he denies. Do you understand? All I need is for all those experts to say, yep, it's from the 2020 election. But that's, that's, not, all that's not proving the election was rigged, though, right? Yeah, I have that proof with my people that were bringing the Supreme Court. I don't need the media driving the narrative before my case to the Supreme Court. We expected a huge pile of data which we couldn't, which we wouldn't be able to understand and how it can be evidence. We didn't expect there's no pile of anything. There's not even a pile of bullshit here. There's just a pile of nothing. There's only pile of nothing. No evidence of election fraud here, but plenty of promotions for pillows and other products. Got bathrobes, slippers, pajamas, bath mats. So go look at what you like. There's so much cute stuff. Oh, Tony.
where does dear Mike Lindell go from here? Yeah, well, he's still got a lot of pillows to sell, Anderson, so he's still got that going for him. But look, I mean, as you saw there, this event was so farcical, bizarre, wacky. I mean, it, it is laughable. It looked hot uh, in there. He was course, sweating a lot. Though, it looked very uncomfortable. And, hot. and were those slot <laughs> machines, like, pushed to the side somewhere? <laughs> Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out if, if the slot machines were also rigged. I was trying to get the cyber experts to, to tell us something about that. Who were those people um, in the audience? Look, I mean, like, what did bizarre. they expect? I'm fascinated that they were disappointed. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, right? Even the biggest supporters of Lindell, even the biggest believers in the big lie, who really wanted this to all come true this week. I mean, Lindell has been talking about this for months, for weeks. Uh, even they were disappointed that Lindell couldn't even show, you know, even a, a shred of evidence, um, you know, to, to, to support these claims that he has been pushing for. Look at his face. I'm going to tell you this now. In my lawsuit, everything Lindell actually had is going to be coming out. And I'm going to tell you this. It's not what Mary Fanning and Montgomery brought. It's not what fucking Spider brought. It's what the data brought. And the data backs up every, backs up every single thing my affidavit put out there. And you're going to watch it happen. You're going to watch it happen. We need to bring it in. We need to bring it in. All we have to do, all we have to do is kind of show it. And what have I said from the very beginning? How do you win against these people? Use their words. Use their statements. Use what they say, what they put down on paper, and use that against them or what they don't put on paper. And that's how it goes. You box the fuckers in. That's how it goes. I'm lucky to have two lawyers that, you know, it's like, where are all these lawyers? Well, where are they? Too much title in tiara. Don't worry. Every single fucking one of you that said, we don't want to fight this. I'm going to put your name. I'm already thinking of a really nice website name. That's going to be like wall of shame and you'll be named. And maybe, you know, that will stay in history, more digital. And we'll make a book of it. We'll have a book of the Book of shame. So your family in the future will know that you were sitting on the wrong side of history. Huh? Even after we're gone. People make decisions and they make very bad decisions. Everything I have said from the Q warrant, my affidavit, right? From how all this is going to play out. And let me tell you something. For anyone saying, oh, no. I, I, there were a shit ton of people there when I verbally and then written in emails and on documents. Yeah. This affidavit, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. That's true. Uh, that sounds like something someone else said, bullshit, bullshit. Someone else said bullshit, bullshit. In my affidavit, I actually took graphs that someone else did and put them in there, right? Someone else crunched the data. I took them and slotted them in there to demonstrate exactly the words I was saying. Demonstrate citations, right? Show it, right? You don't just say, well, I say, I said this, blah, 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 link here, blah, 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 link here, blah, 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 picture here. You know, here you go, walking you right through, proving every single portion of my statement, except for my name, right? My date of birth, which, you know, why would I lie about that? 
right? Why would I lie about the work that I did, right? If people can't see who's really in charge yet, you're still not, you still don't have eyes to see. I mean, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. There are great minds that are working on this for months. Their heads have, (laughs) I don't know how they can think too, day and night. And one thing I can tell you is that allow them to laugh, allow them to elevate themselves because then they fall harder, way harder. You want to see how else they laugh? This is going to bite them in the ass real quick. Hold on. They laughed at how the crowd booed President Trump at the Alabama rally. Let me tell you something. I already told you about this. This is perfect. This is exactly what we need. They cannot say, oh, it's Trump supporters not getting it. I'll tell you what. No, it's not. It's people that hated Trump that are not getting it. It's the minorities that are not getting it. It's the people that you want so desperately to get the vaccine. Hey, black people in the projects, come over here. You live on assistance. You better get the vaccine. And then the minute they get a letter in the mail, oh, this hasn't become news yet, saying that if you live in government housing, you better get the vaccine. Let me tell you something. People can 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 have this, you know, unfair advantage of not paying bills, not being harmed by inflation and living off the government. But the minute they realize one that they'd be drug tested for, you know, welfare, shit. That would they went nuts. But now when they're going to be told, "Oh, you want your benefits? I don't see you got the vaccine. Go get it." Right? That is their red line. That is their red line. You watch it happen. Now, this is why this is so glorious. Take a listen. In a flashback to 2020 last night, former President Donald Trump held a rally in a state being ravaged by COVID. This time it was a rally in Alabama, which has the lowest vaccination rate in the country and is out of ICU beds. At one point, Trump did urge attendees to get vaccinated, but then he backed off after some of the MAGA faithful booed. Watch. I recommend take the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. But you got, no, that's okay. That's all right. You got your freedoms. But I happen to take the vaccine. Not exactly a ringing endorsement, Art. CNN's Donny O'Sullivan is in Alabama where he covered Trump yesterday. Donny, uh, Trump politicized uh, COVID prevention measures, as we know, when he was in office. Uh, he got the vaccine in, in secret. We didn't even know about it uh, before he left office. Now he is seeing the consequences of that, it, it seems. Wait, what did he say? We didn't know about it before he left office? What the hell is he talking about? Uh, the vaccine was done in November. How, how did he not know? That's right, Jim. I mean, it's really remarkable there to hear the booze and the crowd going silent, essentially, when uh, Trump mentioned the vaccine. And look, Trump can take a lot of credit for this vaccine. And we know Trump likes to take credit where he can and sometimes even where he can't. But he knows that in this situation, so much of his base are so, so against this vaccine. And that is, I think, really a sort of it's 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 a example of the base sort of controlling Trump rather than uh, the other way around. One thing that we've heard from Trump supporters across the country in the past few months is that they don't want to take the vaccine until it gets full government approval. The Pfizer shot is reportedly expected to to get that full FDA approval this week. And we asked some people about that. Have a listen. Nice. Have you got your vaccine shot? Nope. Don't want it. No? Why? They ain't tested it enough, from my opinion. Yeah. 
the the Pfizer shot is about to get full FDA approval. Would that change your opinion on it at all? Not until they do a whole lot more investigating in on it. Yeah. Not until then. Right. Do you think that would take a long time? About 10 years or so. Okay. There's a big surge in, in COVID cases here in your county at the moment. Have you guys been vaccinated? Yes. Yeah. You both decided to get the vaccine? Yes. Uh, some Trump supporters have and some Trump supporters have. Uh, why, why did you guys ultimately decide to, to get the shot? Just felt it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Protection. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to point this out. I felt that it was the right thing to do. That is the downfall of America. Wasn't the right thing for them. They didn't decide to take it. They just took it and rolled over. I felt it was the right thing to do. I'm going to show people that I'm amicable. Look, I'm not racist. I'm taking the vaccine. Look, I'm not a bigot. I'm taking the vaccine. Look, I may be a Republican, but I'm taking the vaccine. You know, it's funny. Why does he go around asking people in the hood if they took the vaccine? Because it's going to be like that video that I posted months and months ago, months and months ago, where a guy was like, hey, did you take the vaccine? And the girl was like, oh, no, you keep that shit to you. You ain't putting that on my girls. And she was running off. No, 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 no. This is what they'll get. They'll get no, 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 no. Want to know the majority of the people who got the vaccine? I want you to take a wild fucking guess. Take a guess. It's the damn Republicans. Take a guess. Damn Republicans. Well, I got I got a job, you know, and I gotta I gotta do it. Yes. The conservatives are the ones that have gotten the vaccine. For some reason, people think that conservatives are the ones that don't want the vaccine when the majority of the people that have gotten the vaccine are conservatives. Well, Republicans, not the same thing. So it's very important to to adhere to that. Um, protection. Do anything we can do to be protected. Yes. And do, do you have any friends or neighbors who decide not to take the shot? Have you tried to encourage any folks, you know, family to get the shot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Try to encourage as much as we can. Yeah. You know, but you don't want to do so much. That couple there, Jim, in a very small minority of Trump supporters we've met who have uh, got the shot. And we spoke to a local health official uh, here this morning who is very, very concerned about last night's event. There was a very, very big crowd there. And she said, with COVID cases being so high in this state at the moment and a high concentration uh, of vaccinated people, she expects to see uh, cases come out, come as a result of that rally last night. And Tony Trump also continued his tradition of praising questionable people. Uh, tell us about that. That's right. Yeah. Trump had a lot to say about Afghanistan and the Taliban last night, blaming uh, the, the Biden administration and calling out what he described as the woke generals for their mismanagement of Afghanistan. Have a listen. This isn't stopping. This is going to go on for a long time. This is going to go on for a long time. This isn't going away. This isn't like a three-day hit. It's going to go on for a long time. Taliban, great negotiators, tough fighters, great negotiators. You got 45,000 people. You got a lot of people also that deserve to be helped. 
and they're not going to let them be helped at all. This is going to go on for a long time. This is a great stain on the reputation of our country. Tough fighters and great negotiators are the Taliban, says Trump. And as you heard there, he mentioned this is going to go on for a very, very long time. I think uh, he very much wants to make this an issue uh, for next year's midterms and going to 2024 as well. And of course, Tony Trump is leaving out the fact that it was his administration that cut this deal with the Taliban, uh, that he almost invited the Taliban. He did invite the Taliban to Camp David, but he pulled back that invitation uh, and that his own secretary of state uh, cut a deal with the Taliban that was later described as a surrender agreement by the former national security advisor, H.R. McMaster. So you can see Trump right there playing revisionist history and trying to wash his hands of what's happening right now. Of course, he can't do that. Uh, Donia Sullivan, uh, thanks so much. We pre- Who is this leprechaun that keeps popping up everywhere like herpes? Like, seriously, they don't have any Americans. They got to get leprechauns now. Stop. Stop it. Damn it. How am I going to do this? Give me a second. Um, I wanted to show you guys something and I just can't seem to pull it up. Give me a second. I need to figure out how I'm going to do this. Give me a second. Oh, why? 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 Okay. I want you guys to listen to this conversation. You ready? This is going to be a fun conversation. Take a listen carefully. No. Why didn't you get it? What if you catch COVID? The vaccine doesn't stop you from catching COVID. Why are you being so selfish? What if you catch it and give it to me? But you've been vaccinated. Yeah, but you can still give it to me. What's the vaccine for then? It'll stop you from getting really sick and dying if you catch it. So if I catch it and give it to you, but you've already had the vaccine, it'll still stop you from getting really sick and dying. Exactly. That's why you should get it. That's why I should get it. But you got it already. But if you catch it, you could get sick and die. So by not getting the vaccine, the only person I'm putting at risk is myself of getting sick and dying. No, you're putting me at risk. Did you already get the vaccine so you won't get sick and die, even if I gave it to you? But you could give it to someone who can't be vaccinated. But so could someone who's been vaccinated because the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting COVID. That's what's up. So the argument is that you need to take it to protect people. But even if you take it, you still can't protect people because you could still get COVID. And that is what's incredible, right? They're trying to force people to take something they don't want. What if I don't want medicine? It, don't I have that right as a patient to have informed consent to, to know? And, and you're going to tell you're going to die if you don't take it. Okay, I'm, I'm cool with that. But if you don't take it, you're going to die. Oh, all right. I'm dying. You're not. You take it. You do you. But if you don't take it, you can give it to someone else that can't take it. Yeah, so can you because apparently the vaccine doesn't work. So where's the point? It sounds insanity, like pure insanity. Oh, let's take a break with some tunes and I'll be right back and we'll talk FDA. It's a bird, it's a plane. They looking for a name. They want to see the pain, but the pain never came, but it will after you finish this red pill. Nothing's gonna stop as long as you stand still. So it's time for some action mixed with God's will. Time for some passion, thou shall not kill. Live by the rules, that's cause they said so. Following cues, thou shall not let go. Gandalf, heard he was living in Randolph. Red hats on when it came to the standoff. Joint operations, red eye division. And that is how we unite. I've been saying this 
but there are many, many, many men sticking together and adults to serve the light. And that is something that people need to understand, that that is actually something that is happening. Or else the revelations that you are getting, what you are seeing, would have never been apparent. Now you can see, yes? You can see through the BS, you can see through, you know, the perfume, the lipstick, and all these pigs that dance around in front of you. Because the good guys are always hiding in plain sight. You just don't see them. And you're just like, wait a minute, I expected a juggernaut. You know, when they could be your baker, they could be, uh, you know, your, uh, you know, checkout cashier at Toys R Us. You know, they could be anything. And that is it underestimating those that have seen and you know what you know what you know who's seen everything god has and if god has knows what's coming and he loves you then why would it be for your demise is a question many will sit and say martyrs and murder and death i eat that shit for lunch and you should too you should too I see Bergie's here because I see his name flying around. So I'm pretty sure he's in the chat, but they move so fast. I can't even see them. Um, all right. So let's talk some FDA first. All right. Let's talk about FDA. I want to take you back in time to talk about the FDA. Okay. We're going to go back in time and talk about medication for all my doctors, nurses, health practitioners, molecular scientists that are listening. Let's talk about Suvia, the Suvia. Let's talk about that for a second. Because now you're going to see the weapons that we have. Let's talk about Vesuvia and how things happen. Accelerex, a specialty pharmaceutical company, says the FDA has accepted its new drug application for Desuvia for the treatment of moderate to severe acute pain in a medically supervised setting. The acceptance under the new drug application indicates the FDA has deemed the application sufficiently complete to allow a substantive review. The Prescription Drug User Free Act date is the target date set by the FDA to communicate its or and co-founder says she believes Desuvia will provide physicians and their patients a non-invasive treatment alternative in emergency medicine and short-stay or ambulatory surgeries for the treatment of moderate to severe acute pain. The FDA has also communicated to Accelerix that it plans to hold an advisory committee meeting to review the Desuvia application. The date of this meeting is yet to be determined. All right, so lots of letters about those. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the small print. You will die. You will this. You will that. Da, 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 da. So let's go to, that was 2017, all right, 2017 for something that was urgent, right, 2017. So now we're going to go into how the FDA approved this new drug called Desuvia a year later after their application. I just want you to listen to what's going on and just, just listen. Welcome back to GMA and today's weekend download, a powerful new opioid that's hitting the market. The FDA just approved a drug called Desuvia, acknowledging the opioid crisis in the nation, but saying the drug fills an important but limited unmet medical need. Joining us now with more on this is ABC's chief medical correspondent, Dr. Jen Ashton. Always great to have you good with to us. Be with you, Ed. There's been. 
I just wanted to say for those that aren't watching and listening, the FDA approves new opioid 500 to a thousand times more powerful than morphine. I just want you to sit on that for a second and just listen to how they're selling it to the public. So much controversy over this drug, even within the FDA. Yep. What can you tell us about Desuvia? Well, let me tell you about this drug. It's small, it's strong, it's about a thousand times more powerful than morphine. It's in the opioid class of medication, and it's really designed for use in acute pain settings. So makers of the drug saying battlefield situation, emergency room situation, short-term use, and in medically supervised settings, projected annual sales of this drug with $1.1 billion. Oh my gosh, and it's 10 times stronger than fentanyl. Wow, so people stand to make a lot of money off of this. So we talk about the controversy, but the the risks and benefits to a strong opioid like this. Well, first of all, let's start with proposed benefits. It's important to treat pain, both acute and chronic. When you talk about this medication, it comes in oral form, something called ODT. So you don't have to swallow a pill. It literally dissolves in your mouth and has a more rapid route of administration than, let's say, intravenous or IV drugs. Risks? Any drug in the opioid class suppresses respiration. It can stop your breathing. That can happen the first time. It can be fatal. That's how people die of opioid overdoses. So when you talk about a new drug like this, potential for abuse is there. And you talked about the safety concerns, specifically for patients and doctors, though, with a drug this strong. Well, listen, it's important to treat pain. That is key, but it's important to treat it safely. Right now, many people in this area of pain management are thinking that we need to investigate other classes of pain medications to make it safer. Um, You know, a lot of people are saying this is adding gasoline to the fire of a major opioid epidemic. People need to do their homework and the epidemic impacting thousands across this country. Dr. Jen Ashton, always a pleasure. Really appreciate it. So this one dissipates in your mouth and ceases your respiratory uh, capabilities if you overdose instantly. Wait, there's more. There's a more elaborate one. Just pay attention. The FDA approved this after a year in their application. A year. It was actually less than a year by a couple days. Okay? So, next one. Nightly news. Those fighting America's opioid epidemic, it's a hard pill to swallow. Politicians and drug safety advocates say the FDA's approval of Desuvia, an opioid painkiller 10 times as potent as fentanyl, throws more fuel on the raging fires of America's opioid crisis. Massachusetts Senator Edward Markey and three other senators signed a letter last week demanding the FDA not greenlight the drug. What the FDA is doing by authorizing Desuvia to go into the market is supercharging uh, an already deadly problem that we have in our country. For the senator, it's personal. Opioid deaths in Massachusetts are more than twice the national average. But the FDA says it has safety measures in place and that Desuvia is restricted to use in certified, medically supervised healthcare settings such as hospitals, surgical centers, and emergency departments. Manufacturer Accelerex says it won't be abused like fentanyl, morphine, or other drugs because the pill comes in a single dose, is not for in-home use, and not available in pharmacies. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. So because they're going to have it at a hospital that, you know, that is a single dose, right? It's not a box with 30. It's just one because you can't grab a box with 30 single ones, right? Okay. And it's not for in-home use because you have to have it at a hospital, right? Or in an ambulance or maybe out on the battlefield when you're in a lot of pain and you're missing a couple limbs, right? And it's not available in pharmacies. You can only get it from the pharmacies that are in the hospital because the doctor has to administer it to you. 
it wasn't fentanyl like that. I mean, you used to not be able to take fentanyl um, <laughs> from the pharmacy. It used to be drip, 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 right? Only in the surgery, right, right. You know, I, I hope you're paying attention to this because this immediately dissolves. Dysuvia is very different than most opioids. It's not for outpatient use and you will not find it in a Walgreens or a CVS. It was requested by the Pentagon for battlefield use where intravenous painkillers can be ineffective or unavailable. We've seen this before where people say, you know, there's no way this can be abused. We have regulations in place. But even those very controlled substances have shown abuse in the past. A new tool for pain management, which will be closely watched as America's opioid crisis gets worse. Matt Bradley. NBC News. Hey, NBC. Right? Could you imagine if they like round up like 20 people because they're not vaccinated and they all just happen to shove that pill in their mouth that melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Hence why the pill is coated in plastic. Right. And then all of them just get respiratory arrest. It's like, yeah, man, you know, it's like so bullshit. Well, you know, the FDA has uh, processes. There are very processes. And um, there are a lot of drugs that have caused a lot of troubling um, conversations to have had. And there's one that's more recent, not just the opioid, but Alzheimer's medication. Oh, I remember, what was it? Wasn't it um, Biden who said, you know, there's going to be a lot of people with Alzheimer's soon? Um, take a listen to this. Today followed months of debate within the medical community about the agency's procedures, which, as Amna Navaz reports, the announcement has done little to quiet. That's right, Judy. The approval was based on two clinical trials. One showed some improvement in patients who'd been given the drug aducanumab, but the other found no benefit. A number of practitioners said that was not good enough and fell short of the FDA's usual standards for approval. And in November, an outside advisory board recommended the FDA not approve the drug. But other medical professionals said the need was so great that any medication that offered promise was worth trying. The last treatment for Alzheimer's came on the market some 18 years ago. Pam Bellock is a health reporter for The New York Times. She's been following all these developments closely, and she joins me now. Pam, welcome back to the News Hour. Thanks for making the time. Let's start with that news of the approval today, even with this, this disagreement over how effective the drug is. The FDA still approved it. Why? What do we know about what they based that on? Well, what they said was they actually acknowledged that there was not clear evidence of clinical benefit. Um, that there that there was you know come some kind of murkiness in the evidence about whether this will actually help patients slow down their their memory and thinking problems. But what they said is there's some suggestion of that. And one thing that everybody on all sides agrees that the drug does do is that it attacks a key protein in Alzheimer's disease. This is a protein called amyloid, and it's the protein that clumps into plaques in the brains of people who have Alzheimer's. So they said, well, we're going to um, approve this drug because it does attack the biology of the disease. We have some signal that there might be some benefit for patient symptoms, and we're going to tell the company that they need to do another clinical trial. And if the results of that trial do not show benefit, then the FDA, the FDA might revoke the approval and, um, you know, it could, it could end up being that those trials don't show benefit at all. Um, the issue with that is that the clinical trial takes 
you know, three or four or five years. And so this drug will be on the market. Patients will be using it without actually being certain that it has the, the ability to, to help them. So while the drug is out there, I'm assuming there's going to be high demand for it, right, with millions of people in the U.S. suffering from Alzheimer's. Do we know enough about the benefits and the risks at this point? What did they find in the trials in terms of the risks that people take on in taking this drug? Yes, there's definitely a risk. This drug can cause brain swelling and brain bleeding. And in the trial, about 40% of patients in the trial did experience that. Now, it's not quite as serious as it sounds because most of those cases didn't actually produce any symptoms for patients, but some number did, and about 6% of patients had to quit the trials because they of the brain swelling or brain bleeding. So those can be serious side effects, and as a result, anybody who takes this drug will have to have regular brain MRIs to check to see if their brain is, is experiencing anything like this. Um, in terms of the benefit that they found, and as you said in the beginning, only one trial found any benefit. Another completely identical trial did not find any benefit. The benefit in the trial that, that did seem to be positive is actually quite slight. So some of the scientists who were concerned and arguing against approval were saying, we don't have a slam dunk here. We only have one trial that shows any possibility of benefit, and that benefit itself is pretty slight. And then on the other side, we know that there is a risk. And so they were saying the potential benefit here doesn't outweigh the risk. Pam, here is one of the key questions here, though, is that when the FDA issues approval, that implies this drug is safe, this is okay to use, and this is effective. There doesn't seem to be a clear-cut case for that here. So what's the role of the FDA in all of this? Well, I think the FDA is looking at the seriousness of this disease, the fact that millions of people have it, that there's very little on the market uh, that actually helps for more than a few months, and they are saying that this drug seems to have a hint of benefit and it goes after this key protein of amyloid. And that's what they're sort of banking on. Now, there isn't a lot of really strong history with drugs that have tried to attack amyloid. There's about 25 years of failed clinical trials with anti-amyloid drugs. They have succeeded in knocking down the protein and clearing it out of the brain but they have not succeeded in producing any benefit that people would actually notice in terms of their symptoms. So that's kind of the gamble that the FDA is taking here. They're th they saying, we think this one is, is going to be the one that sort of crosses that threshold. We think that its ability to get rid of amyloid in your brain is actually going to help you see that your memory loss declines at a slower rate. That is. So basically, they approved a drug that has insane side effects, right? This is from July 28th, 2021. Insane side effects. And it's not helping you, but it may stop you from, you know, forgetting shit a lot slower, but you're still going to forget. Now, on August 20th, a survey was held. And it shows that FDA is advisory committee members. They want more power because apparently they're tired that the agency is approving drugs 
they don't think will work. And there's a mutiny among the FDA. Now, the question that I'll pose, right, is, you know, how are these things passed? This is where we use their words. And for those that are lawyers and pretend to know the law and fight for the people, this is a fight that you must have to take. I'm not a lawyer. I should have. Didn't. If I could have uh, afforded law school, shit, you know I'd be there like yesterday just to be able to do this because this is where you use their words. So what role does the FDA play? But here's what's more clear. You know, I've talked to you about definitions and how important it is to understand what definitions mean. Uh, what does FDA approval mean and what does FDA clearance mean? Because they're not the same thing. Approval doesn't mean shit, right? So we're going to go into this because you're going to see uh, that there are bylines, there are laws, and there are words that they're not telling you. So I'm going to educate you. That way you can use those words because no one's going to help you. Lawyers are too busy trying to make sure that they can feed the alligator, hoping that it'll eat them last. Clearance, approval, registration. FDA has clearly defined them, but they're often used interchangeably by companies. What do they really mean? Companies boost their perceived market value by implying that FDA has blessed their device. Statements like, we're working towards FDA approval, or our device is FDA approved, are common. But does FDA even approve devices? The short answer is yes. But only the highest risk, most complex, and most costly devices to get to market are actually approved. Sound confusing? Let's break down the different types of recognition you can get from FDA. Number one, FDA registered. This means your company has registered with the agency and paid a fee. FDA knows that you are selling a device or a service and can come audit you. FDA registration doesn't imply any blessing or goodwill on the part of FDA. And an FDA registered company may have sent FDA a registration fee, but they've not necessarily been audited by the agency. In the same way, an FDA-registered manufacturer has not necessarily been inspected by FDA yet. Some manufacturers will be registered with FDA for food or drugs and not even currently building devices. When you see FDA-registered, it's just an invitation to dig deeper. FDA-registered communicates no authenticity, validity, or FDA goodwill. Number two, FDA-cleared. When used correctly, this term refers to FDA allowing a device to market through the 510K process based on substantial equivalence to a legally marketed predicate device. It doesn't sound as glamorous as FDA approved, but clearance is a critical step on the path to market for many devices. A device that is truly cleared may not have FDA's affirmative blessing, but it is certainly passed a basic level of scrutiny and the door is now open to the market. But many devices, especially health and wellness or even 510K exempt devices, erroneously claim that they are FDA cleared. Think about it. If the device never required a 510K clearance in the first place, the words FDA cleared are meaningless. Here's a device being sold at a major online retailer that claims to be both class one and cleared. But devices like this one, while subject to good manufacturing practices, do not require a 510K clearance. So adding words like FDA cleared to the marketing material may sound good, but they do not represent that FDA has taken any activity toward the device. Number three, granted. The term granted is used by FDA to describe a favorable outcome to a de novo classification request. This means that a company has successfully worked with FDA and that their device can be safely marketed through general controls 
or general controls and special controls without demonstration of substantial equivalence. On the path to market, a granted de novo request has roughly the same weight as a cleared 510K submission. Both mean that FDA has opened the door to the market. Number four, FDA approved. This term is reserved for the highest risk pre-market approval or PMA devices. It is only this small subset of devices subject to incredible scrutiny, which actually earn the label FDA approved. Unfortunately, this is also the term most abused by companies. Here's a hearing aid sold online. Most hearing aids are either class one or class two devices, and there's no reason to believe a pre-market approval was obtained. But here's a hearing aid marketed as FDA approved. We see FDA approved stamped everywhere these days, including on devices that have not even been registered with FDA. All this to say, buyer beware. You can confirm a company's registration status and the devices that they are registered for at the FDA's registration and listing database. Feel free to reach out to Intubeing for assistance. And if you're developing a medical device, contact us to learn how Intubeing can be your medical device development partner. So what he's pointing out is that devices go through stages, but FDA approved doesn't mean shit, right? The highest risk says, all right, there's a high risk, but you know, it's necessary. So you can go ahead and do that, but it's still not got the actual grant. So medications work a little bit different and I'll tell you why. So in the news, if people paid attention, they would see that FDA members have already, they voted against the Pfizer and FDA members resigned. I'll take you to that. So should we go, we should go to December 11th, 2020, right? December 11th, 2020, right? Cause that's when Pfizer got their what? There. Okay. We're going to check you out. Just take a listen. Because that means that they've approved Pfizer in less than a year. Pay attention. In, in a total to recommend emergency use authorization for Pfizer's vaccine, taking us one step closer to full approval. Meg Terrell's got the latest developments. And, and Meg, um, like Joe said, there's a lot to analyze here. Well, there sure is, Becky. I mean, this was a nine-hour long meeting with finally that vote at the end of the day. Ultimately, it did come down to 17 yes votes, four no votes, one abstention, Overall, overwhelmingly positive, of course, in favor of this vaccine. We were reaching out to the four panelists who voted no. Normally, these meetings give them time to explain their votes. And that is actually some of the most interesting and important uh, moments of these meetings. But this one had run so long, they ended it extremely abruptly after they voted. And some of these panelists actually expressed frustration to us when we reached out to them by email uh, because they didn't get a chance to explain their votes. And this is a historic moment for this first COVID-19 vaccine. I mean, this really is the last step before the FDA needs to make its own decision. And so what we heard from those panelists was really, at least for two of them, it was about the question that was asked for them to vote on. Uh, essentially, do the benefits of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine outweigh its risk for use in individuals age 16 years and older? And it was really that age question, guys. Uh, Dr. David Kim from the Department of Health and Human Services, who was one of those no votes, told us, quote, I would have voted yes most enthusiastically had the language been 18 years of age and older. Uh, one of the questions really was, you know, Pfizer had extended the age down in the trial uh, while after it started the trial. And so there was debate about whether there were enough data in 16 and 17 year olds to include them in a potential emergency use 
authorization. And on that age question, guys, we actually did get more news from Pfizer that they plan to start a trial in, in kids ages 5 to 11 in April of next year. They've already included kids down to age 12 in the current trials. So they're waiting for those data to start that next group. Uh, and then for kids under 5, it would be after the the age five to 11 trials. So guys, age was a big discussion uh, yesterday, but there were other issues as well. Of course, those allergic reactions that we heard about from two um, healthcare workers in the UK who got some of the first shots this week. So the discussion around how to manage those, how to at least monitor for those, the FDA has asked Pfizer to uh, to look out for that potential risk. And then also how to keep running good studies and collecting good data. There was a big debate over the third FDA who advisor is now uh, for this trial, but got the placebo, when should they get the vaccine? The sooner you give them the vaccine, the less time you have to collect that gold standard data. Uh, but of course, you guys, a, a big debate about that. So the FDA is set to decide really at any point, the New York Times is uh, reporting that it could be tomorrow. And after that distribution begins within 24 hours, guys. So, so Meg, let me, let me just uh, clarify that there of the four people who voted no 17 voted yes four voted no one abstained of the four people who voted no you heard back from two of them and both of them said they would have voted yes if it had been for 18 and up yes um and we didn't hear back from the other two well one of them wasn't allowed to talk with us he was a member of the government and they deferred questions to the fda uh, but the two who did get back to us were very clear that it was specifically the age issue and if the question had been 18 and older they would have voted yes and the abstention we did not hear back from the person who abstained she, they abstained from from calling you back uh apparently the i'm trying to uh <laughs> trying to understand the 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 rationale is just a lack of of data they, they just didn't think we knew enough about 16 and 17 year olds like it, it, but here's what i was thinking it could mean and i, I don't think it does uh, it, but the risk is fairly low for 16 and 17 year olds i don't think the side effect Risk is very high with this vaccine, but it's, you know, the first the Hippocratic Oath do no harm. I mean, if the 16 and 17 year olds would, you know, if it's more of a risk to take them, but it's not. It's obviously the, 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 so it could only be about the data, I guess, that they just didn't feel like it had been, uh, that they had numbers to make a decision on. It's not that. Uh, these these people, you know, wouldn't benefit that much from the vaccine because I think they could be carriers and give it to older people. So there's a reason you don't want them to get it either. Right. Not not just their own health. Right. So there are a couple of different issues there. I mean, we, we actually I talked with Pfizer, uh, one of the, the researchers at Pfizer who developed this vaccine last night and asked, why did you guys include 16 and 17 year olds in this application? Because that actually is the indication in the UK as well. He pointed out 16 and 17 year olds biologically are not different from 18 year olds. No. Uh, and so they thought they had enough data to include them. Uh, in this application. But you're right, Joe. I mean, it, it almost seemed like kind of a funny debate to be having and to potentially hold up this vote and to, to make certain people have to vote no, even though they supported this vaccine. Because at least from the priorities that have been set from the CDC committee, 16 and 17 year olds are likely not to get this vaccine for quite some time. There was one. Not some time. Well, you have schools pushing it. Did you guys know that right after that decision, two FDA advisors resigned? Wait, there's more. In June, a third person actually resigned um, for Biogen's Al Alzheimer's drug approval. So they're resigning left and right. Now, let me tell you why they added 16 and 17-year-olds. It's not because they're biologically the same. Here's why they did it. Because legally, they're minors. And therefore, anyone over the age of 11 is considered to be in the same age group, 11 to 17. Therefore, they can target children as young as 11. But I know people that have vaccinated their kids that are young as 13 
And it's like, why would you do that? Did you not do your homework? You just make decisions like that for your kid? Take a listen. I resigned after the approval of Biogen's Alzheimer's drug. Meg Terrell is following the story for us and has the latest details. Meg. Hey, Kelly. Well, of course, this happened on Monday. And on its face, you'd think the first Alzheimer's drug approved in 18 years would be nothing but good news that everyone would be happy about. But this is, in fact, a tremendous controversy in the scientific and medical worlds. And it's all because of the data behind Biogen's Alzheimer's drug and the fact that back in November, uh, FDA's panel of outside advisors. This is the same kind of panel that met around the COVID vaccines, you'll remember. A different one met for this drug and almost unanimously voted against it based on the data that Biogen had from its clinical trials. The vote count was 10 no's, one uh, uncertain uh, and zero yeses, saying that there was enough data to really support approval of this drug. And so now you have the third member of this FDA advisory committee uh, Aaron Kesselheim from Harvard Medical School yesterday saying that he was quitting uh, this panel, essentially saying, as you said, this is probably the worst drug approval decision in U.S. history and pointing out it's not clear that the FDA is presently capable of adequately integrating the committee's scientific recommendations into its approval decisions. Uh, two other advisors we've reached out to who quit this week had similar sentiments. Uh, and I've reached out to some other committee members too, Kelly, to see what they're thinking about it. One got back to me and said he's staying on the committee, but he's pretty upset. This is seeming more and more strange as you read through it and learn the details. Like you said, that it's rare for them to overturn this kind of outside. For, it's rare for them to do it in the first place. It only happens about 20% of the time, but usually the vote's closer than this one was. So why now? Why for this Alzheimer's drug? The ALS community is saying, well, why not for us? You know, other, and the guy who quit this week, I think, also was upset about the musc Duchenne muscular dystrophy drug. So perhaps there is some precedent for acting this way, but this particular decision seems more and more out of the ordinary. Yeah, you know, you've done a lot of research on this. That's why I love you. Uh, this same committee dealt with this Duchenne muscular dystrophy drug a few years ago. That's from Sarepta. And it was a similar situation where the clinical data were really not clear, but there was a much closer vote from the committee. Um, this one was almost unanimously against this Alzheimer's drug. There's also just millions of patients who could stop. Now I want you to listen to this. This is the key. So you heard about Alzheimer's, 17 said yes, four said no. One said, yeah, I'm not even going to vote on this. I don't want this shit on my conscience. And now you hear about Alzheimer's. They all voted no. And the FDA cleared it. Listen to what the professor said. I'm not surprised at the controversy because I think it's a horrible decision. I think the FDA got it wrong, said Dr. G. Caleb Alexander, a professor with John Hopkins Center for Drug Safety and Effectiveness in Baltimore. Alexander sat on an 11-member FDA advisory panel that met in November to review the data from two clinical trials related to that Alzheimer's drug. Ten of the members, including Alexander, voted against approving the drug, and one was uncertain, so he abstained. No one voted yes. There are many gray areas of pharmaceutical regulation, and there are many cases where the FDA has to make tough calls. This wasn't one of them. There wasn't a lot of gray here. That's the thing. That's so striking. The subsequent approval of Adelham, which went against the advisory board's recommendation, has created something of a firestorm in the usually sedate world of medicine. Major medical centers like the Cleveland Clinic and Mount Sinai have already announced they will not use that drug, and an inspector general's review has been launched into the process by which the FDA approved the medication. 
Alexander himself is so disturbed by how it all went down that he's written an editorial that will appear in the New England Journal of Medicine on Wednesday, revisiting FDA approval of blah, blah, blah. Now, can you see how they all eat each other up? How can we trust the FDA to approve this drug if they just approve whatever they want? And if the FDA doesn't take the recommendations, ah, keyword, well, we're the FDA and we take the recommendation of our medical board. Well, uh, no, you didn't. With Alzheimer's, you told them to all fuck off. They all said no. You had no yes and you still approved it. Wait a minute. Something's not right here. Bingo. Ding, 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 ding. See, the way God works is kind of amazing because that inspector general report should be another inspector general report. Wait a minute. The FDA just said yes to something they said no. And now they said yes to something that the people don't want. And there's not enough data. They still said yes. So what's the point of having an advisory committee if the FDA is just going to pick? So why did the FDA pick it? Ha. Huh? There you go. This is where the FDA say means nothing. Means nothing. So if the medical community can decide to not use a drug because the, even though the FDA approved it, then the people of the United States have the right to not use a drug that the FDA approved. Do you understand me now? Use their words. Use their writings. That is it. This is how you win. You take what they say. This is a, where are all the legal scholars that are so smart and know shit about medicine? Yeah, I'm a walking encyclopedia, self-declared, but yo, I got the guns to prove this shit. Where is it? Where are they all? Where are they all saying, all right, we're going to nullify whatever the fuck the FDA says? The senator that popped off letters to the FDA, that's okay. Because we're going to send him one too. Hey, the FDA has gone rogue. They just say yes to everything. There's something going on here. Ten doctors said no. They approved it anyway. Hospitals are refusing to use it. We don't want to have to take it. They can't force us to take it because not even the drug, the doctors trust them. That's it. Bingo. Oh, hello. They sowed seeds. We will reap their fruit. This is it. This is it. If the doctors say the FDA is gone rogue because they approved the drug that they said no to, and now the FDA approved a drug that they said yes to, well, if the FDA says yes to what they say no and says yes to what they say yes, well, what the fuck world does the FDA have? Because the FDA said, yes, you're going to use this drug for Alzheimer's. And the doctor said, we're not using it. We're not going to buy it. It's not happening. And they're like, but we approved it. So, and they're like, we don't give a shit. We don't have to use it. Even if you said it, wait a minute. So a hospital and a doctors can refuse. The patient can refuse, but we can't refuse COVID. We can only refuse Alzheimer's because there's no trust in the FDA. Are you getting what I'm trying to tell you? Are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? This is evidence that there is a problem with the FDA and the medical community. And at the bottom line, informed consent falls on us. Doctors don't make that decision and definitely the FDA doesn't. Because the FDA fucked up and pushed a drug that everybody said no to. You see what I'm trying to tell you? You see? This is how it is. Pretty simple. 
people panic. Oh my gosh, fuck the uh, approval. This is, we don't give a shit. Here we have doctors writing articles in journals and clearly saying Cleveland Clinic said, we're not going to use it. And they said, we all said no, but they said, yes, no, we're not using it. Wait a minute. This is how it happens. Evil tends to usually bite its own self in the ass. This is how you use it. I'll have to sit and think after the, the, the school board meeting on Wednesday, I'm going to sit and think how to craft a nice little letter and say, I'm sorry. If anyone uses the citing of the FDA, you must decline it because the FDA also approved this drug and all the advisories said no. Just as the FDA says it doesn't mean it's gospel. Because look, we've got the whole medical community telling them to go fuck off. There you go. There's your answer. No bullshit. But you know, obviously, I'm educating the people that are going to take this and run with it. You need to take it and run with it yourself. This is your hallelujah moment. FDA is not following any fucking science. So they're obviously following something else. Okay, so we got this. I showed you all of them. The article where they're just like, oh, my God, how dare you? Nah, 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 nah. But the FDI had a committee. The FDI said 17 people said yes. Four said no. And one abstained. One, two of them actually quit because they were upset about Pfizer. Yeah. Well, the FDA also had 10 people say no. And they said, we're still going to approve it. Check mark. And they're like, oh, we're not using it. And they're like. See our check mark? We give zero fucks. Here's our check mark. So wait a minute. The doctors and the clinics and the businesses can decide to blacklist a medication and not use it, even if it's FDA approved. But the people can't. Uh, that makes absolutely no sense. If the FDA is not a credible organization, according to the doctors themselves, according to the science, the FDA is not credible. And why would anyone cite the FDA? To inspire any confidence in anything they say. Does that make sense? Do I need to spell it out better? Tell me if, if I'm saying something that you're not understanding, I want to know so I can explain it better. Okay. Just because the FDA said it's approved, it means absolutely nothing. The medical community just a couple of weeks ago threw up a shitstorm because the FDA approved a drug that they said they didn't want. Now the FDA has approved a drug that the corporations want. So now we're going to be forced to take it because the FDA said so. But the FDA approved the other drug and they said we're not going to take it. So which one is it? The FDA is not credible according to the medical community. Therefore, it has no authority. The authority falls to us. We have the right for informed consent. No one can put it in our body because we can't trust their science and the FDA. There you go. Simple as that. So I'll, I'll see how... Uh, we formulate it to the senator to give him the guns, you know, but obviously there's going to be a lot of smart people listening right now that might do it. Now, I want to talk to you guys about um, something just so you understand where I'm finding this, uh, this um, faith. Uh, there's a lot of gospels missing from the Bible. And for those of you that are Jewish and, and, you know, follow the Islam religion, Buddhists, right? I would urge you to look at everybody's writings. I read the Torah. I read the Quran. I read all of them. Because I see them as historical records of faith. 
regardless of who the God is, right? Because there's one God, period. And I see them as a historical record of faith. I say it again. So I urge everyone to read everything because it makes sense. The gospel of Mary Magdalene is one that a lot of people don't talk about. In her gospel that was removed, everybody knows that Mary Magdalene was a, a, was a whore. And Jesus took to her very kindly and spoke with her many times. This is well established. And in her gospel, in chapter 4, verse 35, she says, follow after him. And what she meant is follow your true self your gut, the love and truth, the one that you had when you began your journey in your life. This is basically another way of saying your soul, your own righteous soul. And in verse 36, she said, those who seek him will find him. I say it a lot. Trust your gut. Trust it. Trusting your gut is listening to that inner voice. That inner voice to us is God, right? Because this is where you speak with him inside you when you're praying and you're like, wait a minute, I had this epiphany or this came to mind, right? Whenever, if whatever God you pray to, this is the moment, right? She said, you must listen to yourself when you speak with him. The translations have failed a lot. But the way she says it is that if you're praying, you will understand within you, your gut, your gut will tell you. It will tell you. It's kind of like how Noah knew. Yeah, let's just build the ark. Everyone's calling him a conspiracy theorist. And it was like, yeah, who's laughing now? Days later, right? So those who actually find him are the ones that actually sought him out. And so uh, this is how you move forward as a person. When you come to know thyself, you will understand your faith more. So when you know yourself, then you will understand more. And the Gospel of Thomas even said that, right? He even said, you know, the same thing. Uh, there's so many times that we hear that. Know thyself to understand you know, yourself is to be able to understand God. You know, don't set any rules. Don't, you know, look for rules to be made. The basic rule is to be a good person, meaning that you do not harm people around you, that you show them unconditional love. Guys, I struggle with that all the time. Do you know how many times I'll just, when I can see people that I know, oh, that I know will be conducting so many evil things. They're the ones that are going to be ratting out their neighbors. They're the ones that will be poisoning their neighbors. They're the ones that are going to be dragging off their neighbors. You see them every single day on these videos at school boards as they sit there and cackle and, and look at people with, despite, with so much spite, bitterness, bitterness. It's so bitter. It's so bitter and I see it. And sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, this, I get unleashed. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, Karen. Right. And I'm like, oh, go take the vaccine. And then I'm just like, stop. 
because they don't know what they're doing. How can I be upset with someone, right? How can I be upset with someone when they're too, when they don't know what they're doing? They don't. How can I do that? The only thing we need to know is that we're supposed to be doing what's good and what's right and to accept the consequences of our choices or what? Just be good. Just be good. Make a choice and accept your consequences. End the story. You don't like something? Reject it. You like it? Go with it. No one is forced to follow anyone. No one is forced to do anything. You have free will. And if you control people, you're literally breaking holy laws. People are not supposed to be forced to obey. People make laws that give other people power because they took it away from you. That's what the constitution goes down to. Remember, Patrick Byrne explained that. You give away a freedom, you know, you agree to give this freedom so that way you all can get protection, right? Right? This is how it works. This isn't, you know, some master concept. But when people adhere power over other people without their consent, that's a problem. A person that actually possesses power Right. I think it was what he I think actually um, the person that actually has power must renounce it. And this is very important because the power that you have eats you. It becomes you. I've been there. I've tasted it. It's like it's like so sweet. Right. It's like the best. It's like honey. You can't have enough of it right? It's just like amazing. And what you have to do is say, all right, I've got that power. It's like someone being able to hack anything, right? Anything you want can be hacked. They could see private messages, emails, song lists, tap into your camera and watch you dance naked while you're watching your phone, sitting on the toilet, taking a dump. Someone's watching you. That's power, right? And you have to use that very wisely. You should never abuse that power. You should never abuse that power. Because if you abuse that power and you declare dominance over people that have free will and are free, because God said so, you will fail and it will come back at you. Laws cannot be unjust. They must be fair. They must be truthful and they must be clear. It's so important. It's very important how people treat each other. We have to remember they don't know what they're doing. They don't. Every single time we see them, we have to remind ourselves they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know. No matter how much we want to just smack them across the face, we have to say they don't know what they're doing. Just like the people that I know that have vaccinated themselves and their kids. Right. And they and I love them and I care for them. And I'm like, damn it. You just fucked it up for everyone else. The people that are like, well, you know, my work sense so and so. And it's like, yeah, great. You just fucked it up for everyone else. Like, you know, you want to tell them. And then you're like, damn, but they didn't know. And a lot of people are starting to realize it. And this is where it gets ugly because the problem that we're going to see is that all those people that suddenly realize that they messed up getting the vaccine, right? That they're like, damn it. I took that shit and I should have waited. All the, all the people in nursing homes are dying, but you know, no one's going to say anything. Why? Because they're old. Yeah, they died had nothing to do with the vaccine. They were just old. Uh Uh-huh. I see. People are starting to realize it. And what we're going to see is so much 
more bitterness. Bitterness. But I'm going to tell you this. It is at the time when evil thinks that they have won. When they're standing there dancing at the top of the hill. Showing off. When they have the most power is when there's a sudden strange turn of events. Strange turn of events. Ha, 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 look at them. We fucked up Lindell Symposium. We added all these assets. Look, Maricopa County, which, by the way, you should ask yourself, what might they be? Do they really have COVID? Because, you know, I've used COVID for an excuse to delay meetings a lot. Just pay attention. So there's a reason. Timing is everything, always. And it's just when you want to get things, once you want to get things, at that point, you need maximum exposure. You don't want God to come in and, what, turn water into wine? Dude, that's like a Tuesday for him. He's like, stop. You know what he wants? The whole world having people dragged around in FEMA camps, getting all nuts and shit, right? People like losing their jobs. Everyone's struggling. Just go get the vaccine. Everyone's giving in. Everyone's struggling. And that's where God comes in and he's like, hey, guess what? You're not president. You're not in a seat. You're not this. You're not that. Yep, you're down. You're gone. Bye. And suddenly you're just like, wait a minute. What whiplash? You must have faith. Because the biggest miracles don't happen underneath a table, right? When he comes to save you. He comes in and makes a grand entrance. I mean, his son was crucified, blocked out the sun with some big, you know, nobody knows what was on Mount Golgotha, right? And then he rose from the tomb and literally blew their mind. And it was so big what he did that people are still talking about him 2,000 years from now. Let's just say that, right? And they're still pissed about him. They still can't stand him. He's been dead for 2,000 years, and they're still talking about him. So you have to remember, you have an awesome God that loves you. And he knows the future. The devil is very real. But one thing he's not is strong. He's weak. You have to remember that. Now, um, I'm going to end the show now for today. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Wednesday, I will be at the school board meeting, so I won't be doing one. And um, no Ray today. We'll just end it with some Jennings, um, and we'll watch the video too. Because, God, we need you now, and we need people to understand that this is a spiritual battle. And it's pretty big. And a lot of people out there think by holding on to their Bibles and quoting scriptures, that's how you win. No, it's not. You have to embody that scripture. You have to understand it. You have to reread it again and see it with eyes of the youth. Because the youth, the children, are what are, what are being, what they are attacking now. And when I say, 2022 is the year of the youth. Huh. Haven't been wrong yet. Getting crazy, baby, chill. Don't medicate, just meditate. You waking up now, well, baby, you hella late. Educate, look at what's going on, let it resonate, accelerate. Find your inner hunger like you never ate. Agenda is to push the hate. 
Separate and segregate, don't celebrate quite yet. The storm is coming, cue for heaven's sake. The violence that they demonstrate, instigate and penetrate. The values of our country and our God is what they desecrate. My fighters ain't no featherweight. Pulling out the seams of the fabric that they fabricate. They feed us lies, manipulate, intimidate through fear and force, forcing us to sit and wait. Till we come together, congregate, and then we liberate. Praying that you give me strength to find some love amongst the hate. Marching on these streets of blood, till I see the golden gates. Troubadour and troubled souls, one of God's servants. Blades out, cut the grass till we see the serpents. Oh, one day, I hope you see the truth. This puppet show stays on because of you fools. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues. Oh, God, come back home. This crazy world is fearing abusers. One day they finally see the truth. God, we need you now. I know the truth is hard to swallow, just digested. Just something going on, but chose to just neglect it. Deflected by some breaking news. Oh, we just accept it. Expect it just to follow in line and follow their perspective. Don't question their objective. But I got a lot of questions. How these kids molested, but nobody's been arrested. Read it in the testament, these children are protected So I'm fighting all these terrorists, both foreign and domestic Refuse to be directed, blind, not a sheep Only kneel to my God, so I'm dying on my feet I'm Silence when we speak, but there's violence in the street I've been rolling with the punches, I can't take it on the cheek Creeks from a glass half full, I'm optimistic People are sadistic, so vicious and malicious Praying for assistance to overcome my position Or I'm gonna start resisting and then I pray for forgiveness